This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Patton-Stewart, 888-727-BECK. There's a lot of people trying to convince Joe Biden to run right now because Hillary Clinton sucks. And so does uh, Bernie Sanders, who is a uh, 75-year-old, well, he's 74 now. He'd be 76 if elected, year old, uh, uh, 76-year-old socialist, which is probably not, you know, ideal for the United States of America. Um, If he was a 20-year-old socialist, it wouldn't be ideal. For America, I was going to say there, there's a um, uh, you know during the it's Blue Jays playoff day as you know obviously, and uh, during the games all year they've been running these ads uh, for stupid campaign commercials. I guess mm-hmm. they're having an election too or something, and one of the <laughs> one of the candidates appears to be a 20 year old socialist. Really? Like he just comes up here every every single ad. It's just him walking through this field talking about how uh, we should pay everyone $9,000 an hour and how you should have 46 weeks of vacation and I'm 14 years old, vote for me. That's essentially every ad. Yeah, you'd like it. (laughs) You'd like it, Jeffy. Uh, But yeah, it seems like he, I mean, at least from American standards, certainly uh, seems like socialism. Uh, And uh, so, uh, yeah, right. I think the socialism is really the part that bothers him. It's (laughs) It's the worst part. You know, uh, I could take, uh, you know, Reagan was pretty old. Yeah. uh, But I was really a fan. Yeah, me too. You know, the age is, is one thing. It's, it, from a perspective of just having a candidate who you think could win and can relate to the media really well and all the things that are now important, you know, 76 years old, Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. his, his album. You know, there's a lot of things about him that yeah, there's a lot of things. lend. The poetry. His, yeah, the poetry. The rape mm-hmm. poetry about how women uh, like to be raped. In fact, fantasize about it. Um, that, Wasn't that one? That's an issue? Yeah, that, that, that was uh, mm. somewhat of an issue mm. for me. 
Apparently, it wasn't for his supporters. They, they're fine with it. Yeah, no, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. Uh, yeah, but this is going to be an interesting debate in that uh, it's going to be weird to see Hillary. And I think part of this, part of me thinks that this actually might help Hillary, especially if Biden doesn't get in. Like a, a side by side with Bernie Sanders. I mean, I can't go badly for her, can it? Maybe I don't know. Can. I don't know. I don't know. She's so bad. I know, I, but although, you know, Biden uh, hanging out like this. It almost leads you to think that maybe Joe knows something's coming down against Hillary. So he's holding out for that and then to get in. You know, uh, I don't know, maybe an indictment. Uh, <laughs> something like that. Uh, something like that. Yeah, some really mm-hmm. super, you know, bad news for Hillary that Joe can step in right then and say, well, I'm here. I've been here all along. Yeah, it's, I certainly think it's possible. I mean, it's the same scenario we painted for Al Gore. It's just mm-hmm. uh, Jolt and Joe instead, um, which could still happen. Right. Uh, but I, I feel like if you're having a debate with... Now, they're going to have O'Malley on the stage, right? Are they going to have Chafee mm-hmm. on the stage? Are they going to have... Uh, what's, what's the other uh, I assume web? So. Uh, I assume. Is he going to be on the stage, too? I mean, you put all those guys... Well, they the don't even talk about those guys. No. You don't even hear their names mentioned as possible candidates. Uh, it, it's pretty amazing. Webb hear, and uh, yeah. O'Malley occasionally. Yeah, every mention. once in a while. He gets a little bit of uh, publicity, but very rarely. And usually if it does, if he does get it, it's bad. It's like, uh, oh, and it, O'Malley's got no chance. Yeah. Can't they don't even traction. say that about Chafee. Yeah, they're there. No. They're going to be there. Are they? Wow. Chafee, O'Malley, and Jim Webb I mean, participating. That's, the more people on stage, the better for Hillary. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't want to get in a situation where she's required to talk a lot because people hate her when she speaks. Um, uh, if she's, you know, she's just sort of like, um, uh, you know, visiting some foreign country and shaking hands with a leader and pressing a fake reset button, people don't mind her as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she actually starts talking about the things that she believes, mm-hmm. it's ugly. Then it's bad. Um, yeah. yeah, and she's, I mean, you know, she's all over the board. She's now, she supported the TPP 45 times publicly and is now against it. Oh, wow. 45 times at least publicly supported the TPP. And she called it the gold standard for trade agreements. Now she's against it. You did some of the work on it, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, that's what, I mean, wow. that thing's been bubbling under for quite some time. I mean, she's changed her position on virtually everything. Almost every position she once had, she's got the opposite now. Yeah. It's, wow, she's, I, I don't know how she's even holding her position where she is now. That's yeah. pretty amazing. One more thing here before we go on to Biden, too, on Clinton. She um, has been, you know, flailing around and becoming more and more liberal publicly. And one of the reasons they talk about is people inside the campaign have said, we realized last time when we ran and said, well, we supported the war and we had some, you know, we didn't flip-flop on those issues early it hurt us in the campaign so this time we're all liberal all the time we're not we're not we're not playing around this time we're going for it we're going to say everything that we believe it's it's time to stop couching this as if we're some middle you know uh middle of the road party we're not now we're not going to of course she's not going to say it like that but that's the theory behind the scenes that this time you know what gun control yep we're going farther than obama trade yep we're going farther than obama all these things, they're going farther than Obama because they don't want this time to be beaten from the left. Wow. Well, uh, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's, here's Biden uh, from wherever he comes. I, I really don't know. There's a super PAC that's trying to convince him to run, and they're already doing national ads for him. 
things can change in a heartbeat. I know. Six weeks after my election, my whole world was altered forever. Oh my gosh. I got a phone call. My wife and three children were Christmas shopping. Tractor trailer broadsided in and killed my wife and killed my daughter. And they weren't sure that my sons would live. Incredible bond I have with my children is a gift I'm not sure I would have had had I not been through what I went through. But by focusing on my sons, I found my redemption. Many people have gone through things like that. My dad's definition of success is when you look at your son and daughter and realize they turned out better than you. And they did. You're on the cusp of some of the most astonishing breakthroughs in the history of mankind. Scientific, technological, socially. But it'll be up to you in this changing world to translate those unprecedented capabilities into a greater measure of happiness and meaning, not just for yourself, for the world around you. So vote for Joe Biden because he's been through some tragedy. <laughs> I, say, I think that's what a great that? ad. You don't yeah, like that? That is a darn you know good. I don't like it beats the hell out of the uh, Hillary ad. Way better than any other Hillary ad. I, I hate that. So I'm supposed to vote for him just because he went through some tough times? Shut up. He knows the struggles Get out of, of the here. American people, Pat. He I, feels just like you and me. I mean, is it well done? Yes. Is it? Is it? Uh, does it bring out some sympathy for the guy? Sure. But what the hell are you standing for? Why, I should vote <laughs> oh, for you because oh. your wife died and one of your children? We should have probably an addendum. He's also a socialist. Yeah, he's a socialist. Uh, he's also <laughs> a socialist. No, I mean, I think uh, that's just a... It's a it's a Joe's story ad, but every yeah, candidate has it. Rubio has. I the, hate that stuff. Yeah, I mean, t- it, tell me where you stand. Don't like You're it. a buffoon who is trying to t- drag the country into Norwegian socialism. <laughs> that wouldn't work that well I, for I, an ad. I'm sorry, I, I don't. <laughs> I have a buy that nonsense and that that pseudo sincere bullcrap that he he busts out he all does, the time. He does it good though. Oh, he does. Stop it. I don't know. I think that I one works. I, I think that actually works. Does I mean, it work on an emotional level? Sure. Yeah, but okay. if we fall for that garbage, I mean, come on. <laughs> you know. Who hasn't gone through stuff? Everybody has. And they do this. This That's meaningless. It I mean, is. I, I mean, I totally. It's, meaningless. it's not a policy it's ad meaningless. by any means. However, uh, no other candidate mm. on the Democratic side is even capable of a moment like no. that. No. No, they're not. That's true. You know, that, that at least stirs true. your emotions a little bit. <clears throat> Hillary Clinton can't do that. No. I mean, Biden has some qualities. He's a, yes, you're right. He's a buffoon. I mean, that should yeah. be said. Yes. Uh, but he's got some qualities. He's better than anyone oh, running man. on their side, I mean, right? Wouldn't you agree with that? When did that start? Where you, your 90 seconds of a national political ad is that you had tragedy in your life? Well, this is the I super mean, PAC, right? I mean, there's, come on. Yeah, there's not a super PAC that says "run buffoon run." No, that's, that's not a good super PAC name. <laughs> I can't at all. take um, it. No, I mean, I think remember this is an early oh, ad. Help it's me. an ad to try to get him into the race. Mm-hmm. It's not even an ad of his campaign. It's just, hey, get into the race. This guy's got a good story to tell. He's had a, you know, I mean, you know, and, and it also does the thing. At you the don't, end. you don't think he's he's guiding that? 
uh, it would be illegal if he was guiding. I that. know that. And of course, I know. As one of the parties that mm -hmm. pushes for hard campaign finance reform, you can't imagine they would be crossing those, no. those imaginary lines. Oh, no, you are so right. Mm. Uh, they're just, just <laughs> too principled. He had nothing to do with that at well, all. He's, he was fighting back uh, because uh, Politico had a report saying that he himself personally leaked the news that um, right. his son was the one, what his well, dying well, wish well. was to get him to run. Now, he is coming back and saying that's not true, um, of course, because it would look really bad. It would he, look, it looks know, really bad. You yeah. know, but he's, he's denying it. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if, uh, you know, what, what to believe. With Biden, you kind of believe anything. Although, you know, I, there is, I think there, the thing with Biden is he actually, it's not John Kerry has nine purple hearts because he skinned his knee. This guy's really gone through some crap. And very recently. I mean, uh, you mm -hmm. know, you, there, as much as I don't like Biden, and I obviously think his policies are terrible, there is a part of you just like, oh, God, this guy really has done no, I mean, he's, yeah. had, he's, he's definitely had some personal through struggles throughout his life. But really, but, I mean, what's he, he's accomplished what running for office, really. Right? I mean, that's all he's done. Oh, in, believe in me, I think, yeah. I think what he's accomplished in his career has been actually strongly negative for the country. <laughs> right. So I, I don't think his accomplishments. But yep. that's what you do when you have a candidate who's done nothing but crap for the country. You focus on his personal story, which is, is mm -hmm. yeah, riveting. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, the guy really has had that sort of life. I mean, he's had a, uh, that's a, you know, it's a terrible, terrible story. Not to mention what just happened with his son. Uh, you know, it really is hard to, to even hear that. Um, but he and he tells that story. Now, if you were at that speech, that speech wasn't nearly as effective as it was in that ad. Because when you put the music with, boom, with the music and the pictures boom, like. Uh, dong, bong, bong, gong, gong, boom, doom. I have found my redemption. Dong. Because people in my life have died. That's why I should be president of the United States. Shut up. Run, Joe. Run. Shut up. Gun to your head, does he run? Probably, yeah. Jeffy? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Again, I, you know, who knows? I think he wants in. I think he sees Hillary as beatable. I think she, he's right. Yep. I don't think there's any chance Bernie Sanders wins. Yeah, they want no. someone else. Even, even Hillary supporters think she's beatable because she's so nasty. Yeah. Uh, here's uh, some of her supporters talking about her yesterday. I think my opinion is a little bit, it's a little more general, just in that she speaks um, articulately about her positions without having that edge and that scorned kind of woman thing. It, that's a little off-putting. Just talk and a little bit more about that. I think that, I think that can put off a lot of male voters. Oh, tell me what it's like. What are you, what are you seeing that you're seeing? You know, when she's, I don't want to use the word, but. <laughs> you can. <laughs> it's, it's that like women need to be equal. I mean, I don't. I just. Right. I don't think I, I don't feel unequal. I agree. I don't feel yeah. unequal. I, I don't wow. feel that I've had a job wow. where I feel unequal to my male counterparts. How many times have we so said it's that? not an issue that speaks to me. It's a double standard. If there was a guy up there saying that, he would be impassioned. Do you agree with Shannon that some people might see that? Oh, yeah. I like Hillary. I think she's a strong candidate, but she has that 
I don't think you have to have that. that. Yeah, and she has that, that condescending, and I can see that causing mm -hmm. gridlock. Mm -hmm. She does seem like a little, little condescending. And I don't even yeah. think it's condescending. That's like a strange word for me. I'm thinking it's more like... I'm smarter than you. Yeah, or, or and I'm that. a woman. I deserve it. Yeah. yeah. If you lose that, I'd vote for it. That's, not, I, that's yeah, my biggest problem. I think it's not necessary. Raise your hand if you think that could hurt Hillary Clinton's yeah. chances of getting elected. She's going to push off a lot of men, I think. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. The, wow, really It's the women who don't feel unequal. It's the women who don't... In the Democrat right. Party? These are Democrats who aren't buying into this stuff? That's, that's amazing. Great. That's great. And all the men, all the wussy men, the yeah. little sissies in the, in the circle. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, if that was a man... If that was a man, it it'd would be, be called. It'd be, it'd be called impassioned, impassioned, mm. not bitchy. That is, <laughs> shut up, you two. Shut up, yeah. you and Biden super PAC <laughs> can uh, shut up. I mean, Carly Fiorina doesn't come off as bitchy. No, she doesn't. You know, I mean, it does, no. because you're she a doesn't. woman does not mean you automatically are bitchy. Hillary Clinton has those qualities. But that's the kind of stuff we've heard for generations yeah. now. She should own that, though. You know, I think maybe that's her problem is that she tries to be, instead of everybody knows she's bitchy and that's who she is, and but she tries to be well up once in a while when she's talking about abortion. She tries to pretend she's crying. She tries to pretend to be this female, you know. That's yeah, but not, not for the baby. She's, she's crying for the it. The chance to kill the baby. You're right. <laughs> that's what gets. That's what brings the tears. Brings the tears. You take sure. away that chance to kill the baby, and she's really she's all welling up. I, I mean, <laughs> that kind of gives you a little hope, just yeah, from does. the perspective. Not you know, look, people criticizing the way Hillary Clinton speaks or whatever is is one thing, but I mean, it's essentially what they. That's those are Democrat female voters saying the war on women is BS. That's amazing. It's amazing, and it's true. Obviously, I mean, everyone knows that has thought about this for more than ten seconds and cares that it's not a legitimate argument but to see it in action to see uh one of their voters say look you know i i, I go to work i don't feel unequal what are you talking about say and then another person say, you know I don't, that doesn't happen to me i've had jobs and i don't it doesn't feel unequal and remember this argument was tried and failed the last election cycle mm -hmm. this is not something that has has, has this un uh you know uh, undefeated sort of record of success this is something that you know, Cory Gardner banned birth control didn't work. He's a senator currently. Um, the mm -hmm. same thing. They tried that throughout the country and did not have much success in the last election. Maybe, uh, maybe it doesn't resonate were, with Democrats. People maybe. might be sick of it at this yeah. point. Good. Triple eight seven two seven. Back more patents too coming up. Jeff, you ever had a job where you feel unequal to other people? <laughs> uh, actually, yes. Really. Mm -hmm. can't, think Good. Of, can't think of an example, though, obviously. It's probably way in your past. Because this one... Oh, there's one pretty close to... Really? When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. And then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washer and dryer coverage. Just call 
Call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, I'm feeling a little testy today. Really? I hope that's not coming through. Oh, I mean, when no. you were calling the guy who lost his wife and children a buffoon, was that what? Is that when we were supposed to detect that? <laughs> that's not why he's a buffoon. <laughs> I uh, hated that ad. Oh, so what? Your wife died. Get out! I mean, I feel badly for him, and I, I, I it made that me didn't feel come the empathy well. that was. It does. I will say that it worked. What it what it didn't do is make me want to vote for him. No. Of course Because don't try that crap on me. Don't, but if you're don't a, give me that. Think of the target, though, for a second. I, know we're, I don't know why we're spending so much time on this, but think either. of the target for a second. He's the not target even is a Democrat voter who mm-hmm. is frustrated with Hillary Clinton and doesn't think that they have a good candidate. And that I know. That, I, 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 know. That ad they already that. agree with all the policies. Yeah, I This know. is just like, hey, wait a minute. This Very person true. has a better story, is a better candidate than the crap you have oh now. Oh, my gosh. Does he ever have a better story? He now? does. He's got a son who, who went to war. Yeah. Uh, who else has that? Not even the Republicans have that. So, and then he died. I mean, so it's 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 a sad story. Yeah. Um, so. But it's not a reason to vote for him for president. No. Okay. Let's remember that. I what about agree. the accident yep. earlier in the seventies when he lost his wife? What about that? Is that a reason? To vote no, for that him? is not either. That's not. It's a it's a reason to feel sympathy for him. You know, and uh, and and wish him well and maybe say a prayer for him, but uh, also pray that he never becomes president <laughs> of the United States. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Harry Reid is suing his exercise equipment firm uh, over the eye injury that he had. He had a. uh, You remember the injury that we thought the cop had? The what was it? The broken eye socket. That's actually what Harry Reid did have. Yeah, the orbital. Yeah, uh, the orbital fracture fracture thing. That's a serious injury. Somebody beat the crap out of him. I'm sorry, I don't buy somebody just beat an exercise band, guys. Oh, that's right. I mean, yes, some exercise band really broke, or he it slipped out of his hands very badly, and then he turned around and smashed his face into a concrete wall or whatever like a hundred times <laughs> right yeah. That's or somebody's part. fist you know he slipped out of the exercise band and there was a fist behind him and just and over and over just over and over slammed into it there's just no way i'm sorry there's just no way there's no way this old man <clears throat> is pulling an exercise band far enough apart and strong enough to have it break and then do that much damage to him Sorry. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, it's a, you know, look. It it may not have broken, right? This is the most unbelievable part of the whole story, which we hit on uh, radio briefly earlier, if you happen to be watching. That the, the, this is his, this is not like a news story about the lawsuit. This is a quote from his lawsuit. As a result of the TheraBand breaking or slipping out of his hand. (laughs) <laughs> Plaintiff Harry Reid has suffered blah, 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 blah. So, uh, first of all, I, I mean, he may have just dropped it, and he's suing the exercise company. Mm-hmm. Secondly, he doesn't know if it broke or if he dropped it. Of course he knows. Of course, of course he, knows. he knows. He dropped it. And he doesn't want to lie, <laughs> or a- at least overtly lie, because it is a lie to say, yeah. if you know it didn't break, you're lying by putting that in there. Well, you're... you're 
No, he said it could it, as a result of one of two options. Yeah, why are you putting that? If that if you know it didn't happen, why are you putting the other option? It, in? It, that's not what that's he has dishonest, to do. Man. Oh my that is God! Absolutely, well, of course it's Harry Reid. It's that obviously is, dishonest. I mean, the guy is despicable. He's trying not to commit perjury. Is what he's trying not to do. Yeah, that's what he's trying despicable. not to do. Despicable. I mean, that's unbelievable. So you don't know? I mean, and that would be my first question. You don't know which it was. Did you look at it afterwards? Was it broken? Uh, it was either broken or I dropped it. <laughs> how do you how do you get away with that? Yeah, how does that not end the lawsuit no right there? Because they cleaned it all up. All of that's going to be. I don't, well, no, there's no pictures because we cleaned that all up. Well, I wouldn't even believe the in. picture at this point because they could easily doctor that. They could they could have broken it afterwards. Uh, who knows what happened? Who knows what he's done? Hey, he, this guy's capable of anything. It's really amazing. Or I mean, potentially he could have broken it after <clears throat> he got back from getting the crap beat out of him. That's by right. Lobster. That's right. That's another potential option. Another potential one. Uh, <laughs> and now the lawsuit is just to cover up the beating. Right. So, because everybody, I mean, we forgot about this a long time ago. I don't know why he's doing this. But, so maybe it really was an exercise equipment accident. But this is absolutely asinine to say uh, because it either broke uh, or... I, I accidentally uh, uh, dropped it. Uh, we're going to sue you. I don't even know how you put that in a lawsuit and, and it goes to court. Yeah. Uh, how is that possible? Well, if you don't know if you dropped it or not, sorry, there's no suit. Yeah. You need to, right. you need to be sure that it was their fault. That's the point here. So he's just going to end up, they're just going to end up giving him a bunch of money and it's going to go away. Probably. Um, and, you know, it, to, to talk about how, what a dirtbag Harry Reid is, by the way. First of all, he, he's obviously lying about this in some way. You don't say, what do you mean, it, it broke or it slipped out of my hands? What does that mean? But beyond that, um, this is a guy who has talked about publicly that he was getting ready to retire, was about to retire and leave the Senate. Listen to this. The complaint also indicated that the injuries could affect Reed's ability to secure employment. <laughs> now, he had already announced he was going to be leaving the Senate anyway. Mm -hmm. Now he was going to, I guess, leave the Senate and, you know, Go build stone walls around the neighborhood or something, and now he can't do that. How old is Harry uh, Reid? One hundred and forty-one. Seventy-six. Come on, what what's he going to do? You're retiring, and you're going to get you're going to get a lifetime pension from the from the U.S. Senate. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He'll be seventy-six in December. Uh, Seventy-five so. right now. Yeah. It's just, I mean, the guy's obviously a liar. Wow. He's trying to rape this company, um, and they that probably probably did nothing wrong. They, with the exception of selling something to Harry Reid, which is an obvious mistake. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I mean, you should just not do business with Harry Reid. Well, think about it. If the <laughs> band broke, do you put or in there? No way. No, no way. Of course not. No way. If there's any chance this thing broke, you, said it, you say it broke, and I fell. And it shouldn't have broken. These are supposed to hold people his size and so for it breaking, his, his size is like a 91 pound frail right. old man. Right. I mean, of, any, of course, it's, you know, that's the crazy part is that if uh, there's almost no way he could have used this intentionally trying to exercise that it could cause this much damage. That's what I mean. There's just no way. Yeah, there's, there's no way. I mean, uh, it's a ludicrous story from a despicable person. Uh, the brand new billion dollar ghost city in New Mexico. With enough room for 35,000 people, we'll never, uh, nobody will ever live there. It's kind of interesting. This is sort of like a uh, China thing to do. Uh, telecommunications and tech firm Pegasus Global Holdings is planning to build a full-scale American town in the New Mexico desert. 
uh, where they hope <clears throat> to open, uh, open it up to researchers developing technologies for modern living. A billion dollars to create a 15-square-mile town called Site, with construction to begin sometime next year, opening in uh, maybe as early as 2018. It's really kind of cool. Uh, and they're going to have a, a town big enough for 35,000 people with a business di a district downtown surrounded by <clears throat> terraced housing suburbs, but no one will ever live there. Instead, companies will have the opportunity to test innovations like driverless vehicles and natural disaster-proof homes in a human-free, practically risk-free environment. It's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Uh, another thing I just uh, <clears throat> learned was the word T-E-R-R-A-C-E-D. A terrorist. Yeah. If you kind of just run through a sentence, it sounds like terrorist. And then so it sounds like they had terrorist housing suburbs, which would have been weird. <laughs> that would have been weird. That's not something. Yeah. Made, that is actually it's what I said. And I'm like, terrorist not housing what you suburbs. Want. Oh, no. No. Terrorist. There yeah. are terraces mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it's a cool idea. Um, I, I mean, it's a billion-dollar idea. Uh, so you bet, it better be cool. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of money uh, to spend. Yeah, it doesn't, seem like, it doesn't seem like that's a good use of money to me. Mm -hmm. You're going to build a in the middle of the desert? like Unless it really helps you develop incredible yeah, things. Yeah, right. that back. You know, I mean, they, they probably already charged the <laughs> film companies $18 billion to go in there and film it to use for use in films. Hey, man. They'll get their money back. <laughs> What are you You're not a about? good deal maker, are you? <laughs> well, I'm just saying they're, they're, they're going to make their money. You're saying it's a you know it <laughs> yeah. doesn't seem it's a lot of money to spend. It better be mm -hmm. a good idea. Mm -hmm. Whether mm -hmm. anything comes out of it or not, right? With what they're saying, it's for. Uh -huh. I mean, they're already going to charge film companies big money to go in there and. Film. Wait, so, so you're saying like a documentary to to show, or you're saying either or and or to use in other films. So you're saying like uh, they would be because they use it as a set essentially because right. there's nobody living there. I mean, I, that, it's a potential use. Um, doesn't seem like that's what the, its actual stated you're use is. You're saying there's a little there's auxiliary uh, income available. Mm -hmm. no, there's no question about that. Mm -hmm. okay. How about a billion dollars? Oh, that's my a God. Lot of, a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Don't film there, then. Goodbye. Triple eight seven. All right, triple eight seven two seven. Back more patents do coming up. I don't understand sometimes the conversations that we have. Mm -hmm. with you. Didn't you say you had to leave at some point? I do. Can, can that be now? I mean, it could be. It could be. It could be. Okay, get out. Whatever. Eight seven two seven Beck. Uh, it's Pat and Stu. It's kind of fun. Uh, Gun-free America. Showing how to create a gun-free America <clears throat> in five steps. I, I, you know, that's my goal. Yeah, I, I want you want to no go guns in America. this country. You know yeah. why? The government should be able to just roll over the people at any time. Thank you. Uh, if they can do that, then the, the country is going to be a better place. No one give you, should ever be able to defend themselves either. I'll give you an example. If I were to say right now, one place you want to live is North Korea. Korea. See? It was, it was right on the tip of his tongue. North Korea. And he spit it out because there's no guns there for the people. Uh -huh. The government gets to do whatever it wants. That's a good quality country. Yeah. You know? 
Here's yeah. another one. Cuba. Steak. No, Cuba. Cuba. See, Pat was Cuba. like, oh, here's another one. Cuba. Mm -hmm. uh, and right there, <laughs> nailed it. Um, you know, uh, here's another one. 1960s Soviet United Union. Yeah, see? Union. <laughs> people love it there. Uh, when, when the people have no ability whatsoever <laughs> to fight back. Ask the people. Ask the people who lived in a Soviet satellite state how much they loved the oppression. Oh. They loved the oppression. They loved it. Oh, my gosh. They want more of it. Mm -hmm. And they're really sad. And they weep on a daily basis that the Soviet Union collapsed. Oh, my gosh. Yes. They weep all the time. It's really <laughs> sad to see. Luckily, this is from reason. So mm. they're making a point here when they tell you about a gun-free America. <clears throat> Let's watch. Life hack: A gun-free America in five easy steps. For a gun-free America, the first thing you'll need is two-thirds of Congress. So elect a minimum of 67 senators and 290 representatives who are on your side. Then have them vote to propose an amendment to the Constitution which repeals Second Amendment gun rights for all Americans. Then convince the legislators of 38 states to ratify that amendment. Congratulations! The Second Amendment is now history. At this point, you've done absolutely nothing to decrease gun violence. All you've done is remove the barrier for Congress to legally act. You need to enact common sense gun reform. You can try to do what Australia did and uh, ban all guns. That's, that's not at all what they did, but whatever, f*** it. Go big or go home, right? Get that law passed by Congress and signed by the president. Great. The law is passed and guns are now illegal. The only thing left to do is enforce the law. Guns don't just disappear because you passed a law. You need to confiscate over 350 million guns scattered among over 330 million Americans. That seems pretty, pretty easy, easy. Doable. Right? That's not a problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, somebody, I think it was uh, National Review yesterday, was writing about how Americans in the past... Uh, don't have uh, a good record when it comes to confiscation. When you want to confiscate things from them, they generally don't listen to you. Mm -hmm. uh, prohibition being an obvious example uh, where, you know, look, it, it, they made it illegal. They did, they did the stuff that you couldn't imagine them doing with guns when they did it with alcohol. They actually passed the constitutional amendment. They actually got uh, the, uh, the laws passed uh, to, to get all this done, and it still did nothing. Um, and, you know, can you imagine with something as uh, integral to society, um, American society in particular, as the gun, a Second Amendment thing that everyone believes is a Second Amendment thing, uh, despite what Cass Sunstein wrote earlier uh, about how that's a new thing. That's a legit. He just wrote it. We should talk about that maybe on radio tomorrow about how Cass uh, Sunstein. Oh, it's just since the 1980s that they've been talking about this as a personal right to own firearms. Oh, come on. In fact, oh, okay. Yes, it's, in fact, what he, and actually, no, I didn't even say that. I should, I should say, basically, he made the case that the only, it's only been a personal right to own firearms since the Heller case in 2008. Gotta be kidding. Yeah. This guy, I mean, you know, again, oh, a, a manipulative liar yeah. uh, and a horrible, horrible guy, uh, obviously. Um, but uh, that being said, look at how ridiculous this process is. The process is available, by the way. Mm -hmm. This is not some mysterial, mysterious thing. You can. Have a gun-free society yes. if you could just do yeah. these simple five steps. And there's a few more steps so you got to go through here. Here's a look at that. Sure, you can try a buyback program like Australia, but like Australia, that will still leave behind anywhere from 60 to 80 percent of privately owned firearms. The rest of them you have to take. 
You'll need the police, the FBI, the ATF, the National Guard, all known for their nuanced approach to potentially dangerous situations, to go door to door through 3.8 million square miles of this country and take them by force from thousands, if not millions, of well-armed individuals, many of whom would rather start a civil war than acquiesce. So inevitably, gun violence, which is currently at a historic low, will skyrocket. <laughs> but that yep. is how you get gun <laughs> uh, That's great. That's, uh, that's well done. Mm-hmm. That's nice. It kind of shows you the futility of, of what they're up against. They're still going to try to do it. And I also still think that it, it, largely, because I do think they actually do want that. Um, you know, they do. Uh, they do want to they disarm do. the American uh, people. They'll skip many of those steps. They would try to skip many of yeah. those steps. Um, but, the, but the issue is, th- I think they even realize, especially people who come to us constantly and say, you can't round up 11 million people and deport them. What, what are the logistics of that? Those people know that it's impossible to do what they're saying that they are trying to do. The reason why, you know, you've never had, you know, the Second Amendment is the reason why you've never had a Hitler's Germany in this country. Uh, because you can't do these things. You can't go to, a, to 330 million people and take all of their guns. You can't take 350 million guns away. It's never going to happen. Ever. It can't happen because all those people will die defending those rights. Not all of them, but many of them will. Um, so it's, it's, it's a silly thing. There's no way to do it. Um, but they appeal to look at the, think of the idiot in your Facebook feed. Think of the idiot on Twitter who says that they should ban guns. Well, what, one side is saying they want to do it. The other side is saying they want gun uh, rights. Um, and they think that more guns will lead to less crime. They're going to side with the Democrats because at least they're saying it. But the, every Democrat knows this is ridiculous. Everyone knows it. I mean, now look, the Constitution part of this is how you would have to do it. That does not mean the Democrats would use the Constitution. They don't care no, about it would, at all. They'd ignore all that. But even if you just said, you know what, uh, we've come up with a legal mm-hmm. strategy. I have an executive order. Guns are now illegal. We're coming to confiscate them. We're going to start with a buyback program. Then we're coming to confiscate them. Even if they did that, which would co- obviously would be completely unconstitutional and would never get through the Supreme Court. But if they pushed it through and did it anyway um, and they got the Supreme Court votes to do it. What would happen? I mean, the bottom line is it would never occur. Even with that, even if they ignore the Constitution, even if they went door to door with the ATF, there's no way you get all the guns off the street in this country. You could minim- you could obviously cut them dramatically, uh, but you could never get them off the street. There'd still be tens of millions, without a doubt, uh, around the country. Mm-hmm. Period. You ever seen the show Under the Dome? Uh, that's the Stephen King thing, right? I don't know. Is it Stephen yeah, King? I think it's Stephen King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it might be. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I guess giant dome falls down out of the sky over the city. <laughs> nobody really knows why. Doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense. Uh, nobody knows what it got it there, what it's made of, how it, uh, it stops everybody from going in or out. Uh, anyway, you know, all hell breaks loose in town. So the the city councilman, who the, the only councilman left in town, decides, okay, we need to get the guns. And he goes on the local radio station. and He says, okay, we're gonna. We're going to do a, a, a voluntary uh, turn-in-your-gun program right now. And as soon as this crisis is over and the dome is gone, we'll give you all, back all your guns. And, of course, they just turn out by the, by the 
dozens bringing in their guns. Oh, really? Oh, sure. Oh, it's kind of a buyback because they get a little something, maybe some extra propane or a little extra food in exchange for the guns. So everybody just willingly brings in the guns, and they can't believe how successful it is. And Are you sure? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it works really. It works beautifully on on the TV show. And now I've only gotten to that episode, so I don't know what happens afterwards. Probably all. But more. they've got nefarious reasons for gathering the oh, guns. Of course. So, of course. Are, so are you saying actually they actually did show up? But in the they show? actually did show up. And it's like, Leave and I'm thinking the whole time. There's not one American who is a gun owner, who is a Second Amendment person that's voluntarily turning in their gun at this point for extra propane. <laughs> in real life that is just no. not happening but that's what hollywood thinks well we will just explain it to you in this reasonable way and tell you what a common sense step this is and people will respond and they'll come in and they'll bring us their guns really you try that let's see what happens <laughs> try it mm. and when hillary clinton gets into office and does her if she ever would were to and did the executive order she plans to do uh, banning guns, stopping guns, who, who knows what she's going to try. Uh, that will not be successful either. That will not be successful in the United States of America. Yeah, that's interesting. That, that, that has the guy from Breaking Bad in it. Uh, mm -hmm. Hank from Breaking Bad is in that series, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. It's Stephen an interesting King show. And, I mean, it's, it's, it is Stephen King it is? and Spielberg and some of his buddies all produced it, over, directed it directed different episodes yeah. throughout the season. So quite a few shows like that on Stephen TV. King, I'm sure. That's, interesting. That's definitely Stephen King. Oh, yeah, people would just turn him in. <laughs> of course, I assume it's, with Stephen King it's going to go badly. So well, yes, it maybe is. That, maybe I'm sure it that is. point will actually be made. Although, yeah. he, you know, he is obviously... You know, oh, totally anti-God. Oh, uh, yeah, super left um, You know, and obviously a really terrible human being. Very. In yes. every aspect. Yeah. All right, 888 back. More patents, too, coming up. I will like say, though, you know, if you are really dumb, you'll go to Iraq, though. Like, you know, you'll be one of those soldiers, you know, defending all of yeah, our you rights. you can get an education, really or you can be stupid and wind up in Iraq. Yeah, there's two ways to go. You can either be a hero to this country, but dumb. Right. Or you could stay home and write horrible novels about clowns. And dogs. And be really spiders, super big smart. spiders. Stupid. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Bad and Stu, welcome. Hey, HuffPost uh, has come up with some brilliant reasons why America won't quit guns. And... Uh, they are as follows. Look above the mantle. The bald eagle is a symbol of America. But we could have uh, just as appropriately chosen a gun, specifically a Pennsylvania or Kentucky long rifle. Just because colonial sharpshooters helped win U.S. independence doesn't mean that today Americans have to be able to buy 12 oh my Glock gosh. pistols a year. You know what? Yes, it does. Um, <clears throat> shall not... Be infringed. That's the language. Yeah, it's not, well, if we don't really like the way you're doing it, or if we don't think you're, we think you're doing it too much, or if we think that you're doing it with something that we don't like, none of that is in there. It's shall not freaking be infringed. Yeah, but I think Jim freaking. meant that if we don't like what you're doing, we can infringe it. Oh, really? Yeah, I oh, think he okay. did. I think, I think. What, what clause is that? It's the uh, Jim Madison clause in there somewhere. I think it's uh, Article 3Z 
Three Z. Oh, three uh, of. Uh, I've heard. I've heard that yeah. before. Yeah. Article three Z. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, he uh, he specifically said, "Now, come on, uh, don't get ridiculous and buy twelve Glocks a year." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just keep it reasonable, guys. Let's use common sense here. Uh, no, shall not be infringed is one of the most specific so directions. I mean, really, so uh, you know, it, it opens it up to pretty much everything. Now, look, can you pass a constitutional amendment uh, that uh, limits that? Yeah. You know, this is people say, well, they couldn't have possibly seen that uh, bigger guns would happen. First of all, of course they did. But second of all, even if they uh, they did because they gave you a way to change it. You know, if you want to say, uh, you know, uh, clips that hold 50 or more bullets cannot be uh, allowed in this, you just passed a constitutional amendment. There's probably something. Like, if you were to say um, tanks are not allowed, could you pass a constitutional amendment that said a tank is not allowed? Possibly. I mean, I think there's a, there's a bunch of people who would be suspicious of your intent there and wonder what else you're doing with that. But I think most people would say, yeah, I don't think it, the average citizen should have a tank. You know, and probably right. you get away with that. Yeah. Uh, but they don't try that because they, A, don't care about the Constitution, but B, know that most people would see it as what it is, which is a, a grabbing for more rights. There's something else in there that would make, uh, you know, what they're doing a little bit worse than that, and they wouldn't want to do it. HuffPost also uh, cites the U.S. Constitution, fortunately. They actually do cite the Constitution as to, as to why America won't give up guns. You, the U.S. is not the only country in the world to enshrine gun rights in its constitution. What a negative uh, sentence that is. Yeah. Um, Mexico and Guatemala are the other two. Um, Switzerland, uh, in fact, d for a long time, it was mandatory that you do own guns. And in fact, automatic weapons, right? Yeah, uh, it was... Uh, I you, think they've, they'd have they've no lightened that up a little bit yeah. since. Yeah, they have. Um, no, there was a, a, an issue because they'd have no standing army that basically... Everyone has to have a gun and be able to show up and start being, uh, uh, um, you know, in the military right. at, at a any beck and call. Right. Um, and so they have changed that, though. It's, it's not quite as strict as it used but to be. But that is why they never get invaded. Everybody knows everybody's got guns. And plus, and you, you've got guns everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, it's one thing to have, you know, you have an armory where, or a base where everything is. Like, you wouldn't even, you couldn't stop it. Even if a country came in here and tried to take over America, they would be it would be dealing with the insurgency nonsense we've been dealing with in Iraq everywhere mm -hmm. throughout the entire country forever. Um, they also say protect yourself because people want to protect themselves, and that's in our uh, there's a that's called natural law, uh, Pat. You yeah. have the right to protect yourself, <laughs> right. and people actually care about that here. Yeah, uh, and Hollywood silly us right is another one uh, sells uh, you know Myth. makes it makes guns look. Super sexy. Oh, that's ben right. Carson, I guess, is getting in trouble over the shooting. Um, can we watch this Ben Carson clip? Uh, he, this is apparently uh, co controversial. Let's watch. Unfortunately, this is probably not going to be the last time this happens. Mm -hmm. Do and you believe the victims in Oregon just stood there? Uh, from the indications that I got, they did not rush the shooter. The shooter can only shoot one person at a time. He cannot shoot a whole group of people. And uh, so the ideal is overwhelm him so that not everybody gets killed. Do you know who Chris Mintz is? No. So Chris Mintz is an Army veteran, and he was shot seven times. He did actually rush the shooter, and he's being hailed as a hero. He actually blocked the door. He saved people's lives. So someone in the instance did actually and that, act heroically. That verifies what I'm saying. That's exactly what should be done. And if everybody does that, the likelihood of him being able to kill as many people diminishes quite significantly. 
I'm an Alaska catcher. Obviously, that's true. Right. Obviously, that's true. Um, you know, I mean, that, you know, it's it's saying that you need to potentially sacrifice your life, and no one wants that. But I mean, it winds up working out better in the end. Uh, you know, that we, we learned that on 9/11. How dare he say the people should act? How dare he? Wow. So is that what they're pissed off about? Yeah. Yep. Yes. dog of Rome. Uh, I, if I've said that once, I've said it, I don't know, 10,000 times? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, How I, many times have I talked about the dog of Rome? Oh, I mean, I would say you're, well, first of all, you got a bumper sticker in your car <laughs> that says, I'm very upset about the dog of Rome. That's the biggest one. On <laughs> Even though it's not the longest no, in, in words. It's huge letters, though. But huge letters. It's like 90, <laughs> 96 font. It seems like it covers it's your like, doors. How do you get out? Do you have to get out the window? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I crawl out the windows. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> it is, to oh, me, so. <laughs> to, uh, to talk about the evils of the dog of Rome. Yeah. Barack I, Obama. I am almost uh, as upset about the dog of Rome as I am about uh, <laughs> the milking of male goats. Uh, oh, my gosh. You know, because you don't, you, don't, you don't milk goats if they're male. No, you don't. Um, and oh, you don't you attack can. the town of Sinjar, I'll tell you that much. And, uh, not under any circumstances. <laughs> no. But they did. ISIS did. No, they did. Uh, that's, uh, I guess it's another story. I don't want to get. I don't want to get. Uh, this is this is Pat's sort of, you know, big cause, and I don't want to uh, get in the way of it. Right. The dog of Rome. Right. <laughs> of course, uh, the dog of Rome has been spoken of uh, by a child jihadi too, who was armed with a rocket-propelled grenade. Uh, he's actually threatening. I'm. I'm not doing this. I'm not going anywhere near this. But this kid. Uh, that you see right here with the rocket-propelled grenade, who's probably, what, 10, 12, 14, maybe? Uh, he, he wants to behead, he threatened to behead the dog of Rome, Obama, mm, in a chilly new video released by ISIS. The boy, <clears throat> oh, okay, he is 10 years old, tells U.S. President Barack Obama he's dreaming if he thinks American soldiers will enter the large swaths of land the terror group controls. Now, I, I don't think he does think that the American troops are going to enter those uh, places with one finger pointed to the sky a hand signal which has become synonymous with isis he warns wake up from your sleep and pay the jizya the religious tax of course i mean uh, how, how often is how, as you're filling out your jizya uh check and and mailing it out i mean you're thinking well of course i'm gonna pay my well, it's one of your three big choices tax. you've got the convert you yeah. got the die mm -hmm. and you got the tax and of course we're all paying the tax in submission before the swords of the Khalifa, the caliphate, reach you and cut off your filthy head. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, it's in some ways it's difficult to take these uh, sure is. lunatics seriously. In other ways, and in other ways, it's pretty chilling, frightening stuff that they've got a ten-year-old doing this. Yeah, uh, talking to Dan Andros, who is over in the Middle East right now. Obviously, we he actually was right outside of Sinjar, the town of Sinjar. Mm -hmm. Where they milk goats, even if they're male. Mm -hmm. By the way, mm -hmm. um, uh, that he was over there and, and and you know seeing the refugee camps and what ISIS has done to these people, 
he's, he, it gets you more and more fired up to go over there and do something about this. Because, you know, these people are devastating communities. He went to, uh, and he's going to tell all these stories when he comes back um, in great detail, but he was telling me that he went to a, um, a, a formerly Christian village that ISIS had come and um, taken all the people out. And so it was just a ghost mm-hmm. town. Just mm-hmm. no, a town with nobody in it is anymore. That, is that the same uh, town that had the, the one lady that refused to leave? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. One lady refused to leave and somehow stuck it out. I don't know exactly how she did that. We'll find out uh, when wow. they return. But uh, they, they found a lot of stories of bravery of people. But those are the only stories you get because everyone else is dead. Right. right. You know, <laughs> it's like a, it's it's like it's inspiring that these people stand up. But unfortunately, <laughs> there's stories of you know many many others who didn't have such a positive um, outcome. Uh, and even then, even a positive outcome. I mean, your your city is destroyed. Your family is destroyed. I mean, you know, what they're doing over there is horrific. Uh, and, you know, I'm glad there's, we have people over there actually covering it, and not to mention the Nazarene Fund to take people out of it. Uh, because our government isn't seemingly doing much. By the way, is it next week? I think it is. Next Wednesday or Thursday, Dan and uh, Jason, who have been on this uh, trip to the Middle East and, and are in ISIS territory, uh, will be host, hosting the show for us. They'll be uh, filling in uh, I think it's Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? I think it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday or Thursday for yeah, sure. One yeah. of the two days. Mm-hmm. So that should be fascinating. Uh, make sure you're here for that. Um, meanwhile, the video ends with an image of a motorboat traveling through an expanse of water, possibly referencing a journey across the Atlantic or the threat of terrorists slipping into Europe, hidden among other, you know, hundreds of thousands of migrants. Um, you know, I, 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 I think the Russians have the, have the right idea because the only way to eliminate this threat is to, is to send troops in you, you have to and they're s- apparently sending 150,000 in whether they're going to deal with isis or not i don't know right. i think that's the, i don't know that's the big concern right they're they're not uh they're not so concerned mm-hmm. with eliminating isis altogether they're concerned with eliminating isis uh in they just want to eliminate the threat to <laughs> yeah, assad i, I, I yeah. think you know look we have an issue because we have friends we'll, we'll call them that and, and again like it's highly questionable if they're actually our friends long term or if they're just the enemy of our enemy or if they're even that. Um, but we have people we've been dealing with to try to go and do some of this work for us in the Middle East. Um, and uh, Russia is saying Russia and Assad see everybody there as terrorists. So there's a, there's a disagreement. Are we uh, right? in that um, Assad is a really bad guy. We want him removed as well as ISIS, and therefore we're trying to get this third party to come in and, and win. Or mm-hmm. is Russia right, which is Assad uh, you know, is, is the best influence in that region. He'll make it most stable, wipe everybody else out. Well, um, you know, look, I, I, the point isn't necessarily who's right here. The point is that Russia's just doing, they're saying, I don't care what you think, we're doing what we want. Mm-hmm. They're putting the troops in there. They're trying to take control of the situation while we sit back and we say, wait a minute, please, please don't wait. Hold on. And then they do whatever they want. And because we've got nursery school children in office right now who have no uh, concept of how to deal with these kinds of things, uh, they are able and they know that they're able to do whatever they want now. And there's nothing we're going to do about it. And so that's what they're doing. They're just they're taking control of the situation. Mm-hmm. They're becoming the world superpower. and We're just standing by and watching them now. Actually, both both of us are right on the Assad situation. He is a bad guy. He's not a good well, player. I don't think that they think Assad however, is a bad guy. However, uh, they're right in that he is probably the best uh, person 
to maintain. Certainly has been. Yeah. He, I mean, look what has happened everywhere the secular leader has been overturned. Saddam Hussein was not a, a, a big-time Islamic guy. Uh, overturned. that All hell broke loose. Um, in, uh, in Iran, when you remo removed the Shah and the Ayatollah came in, all hell broke loose. In Egypt, same thing. I mean, everywhere it happens. Except you, for Libya. I mean, Libya is like Libya. <laughs> Libya is another one. I mean, there's Gaddafi was a bad guy. Remove him. Look what happened. I mean, it's I you're going to get somebody worse. You're that's the only option. You've got this strong man, or you have somebody worse. So this is why we should, you know, maybe stay out of most of these things from now on. Yeah, I mean, you know, the issue, of course, being that Russia is going to be doing their what they do. That's the way. problem. But yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to get, you know, I saw, I heard Wolf Blitzer uh, interviewing John McCain, and as you know, it is not uh, easy for me to agree with John McCain <laughs> on any issue. On this issue, um, he's, he's right a lot of times. Uh, yeah, I think. He, I mean, you know, he's much more. I mean, he wants ground troops in there, and but and he's he uh, over. He has uh, happily endorsed Lindsey Graham for president, so you can tell how mm -hmm. awful. Imagine how bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this guy is essentially Lindsey Graham. They're almost identical right, on policy mm -hmm. and everything. And it's like, this guy was actually the nominee of the party. That's like having mm -hmm. Lindsey Graham as the nomination. Think of how much in a positive direction this has moved when you consider that, um, you know, that, I mean, Mitt Romney was definitely better than Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows who comes out of this field, but there's a lot of better options than Lindsey Graham, as everyone would notice since Lindsey Graham's in dead last place. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of an amazing thing to see all of that happen. It really is, uh, you know, the fact that the Republicans actually nominated John McCain is horrific. It's, it's, I, horrific. Yeah. You look back on it seven years ago, you still can't believe it. You just still can't yeah. believe it. it. It's really, truly amazing. But uh, this thing in the Middle East is an absolute mess. If somebody were to tell me and I were to believe them, we are going to go in there with such overwhelming force. And, and absolute, uh, you know, to use a, a word from the past, sh uh, phrase from the past, shock and awe, and really crush the enemy, and then get out. Uh, I would, I would probably be in favor. Well, of how that. does that jive though with what you just mm -hmm. said, which is these things go well, on and we always make them worse. Yeah, the, but the problem is we created this power vacuum, and so now something has to be done about it. And I, you know, we're if but. We're not going to do it right. No way. Not with this we're, guy. So we're, we're already we're so, apologizing uh, for a hospital that got struck. We don't even know <coughs> whose fault it was, who called it in, mm -hmm. what the problem was. A hospital that's in a, the, a war zone. Right. We're saying, mm -hmm. oh, it's horrible. We're, we're I mean, I don't know. I feel like that apologizing might have been the right thing on that one, no? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, look, I we, know. We, it was a mistake. That doesn't mean that we're guilty of war crimes, but we do make mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, and every indication is that we did make a mistake. Well, the, the, the doctors of the borders guy is saying that we did it deliberately. Oh, shut right. up. That's just stupid. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, well, I mean, well, there's no reason for us to, but to kill a bunch of doctors. If we were going to go in there with, you know, a force of 200,000 people, 200,000 troops, uh, and slaughter ISIS, and then get out of the region... And stay out of the, everybody else's affairs. I would be in favor of that. Though I will say that what happens after? I mean, I think even if we go in there with two hundred thousand and take ISIS out, there's going to be enough mm. remnants of those people that they're going to start up another movement once we leave yet again and come do the same thing know. again. If, if you show them overwhelming force, <clears throat> it might, they might be more reluctant to start this up again. If they see our resolve and our ability, 
<clears throat> we haven't showed that to him in, no, we haven't. I don't know, since World War II. When was the last time? But, but Russia didn't <laughs> show overwhelming force when they went in there. I mean, when Russia was fighting with Afghanistan, they didn't care. They didn't, they didn't worry about bombing hospitals. They went in and they just executed as many people as they could find. And still, mm. this stuff still goes on. I, it, it doesn't, I, I, I mean, look, you can't just say, hey, ISIS, you got your caliphate. I get it. You got to do something. Um, but, it, you know, it's really difficult. I, this is one of those issues that, I, I, you know, like when it comes to taxes, lower. In this one, it's a lot more difficult. It really Sorry. is. I, I don't is. know that you could see the end of it. And that's why I think I, I wind up connecting more with the libertarian argument in these things, which is, look, you can't micromanage it. Take care of your own stuff. You know, if people, you know, have difficulties overseas, well, you defend your own country, and you're going to have to let them kind of fight that one out on their, on their own. Although, the oh. issue is they get strong enough, and then all of a sudden it is an, an issue for you. Right. I mean, and it really is one of those like, issues. Is exactly, you know, what Pat had said earlier is that, you know, we're at fault for creating what's happening right now. So do we have to, I mean, it feels like but, we have to be a part of But we were at fault for, it, right? you know, I mean, as, as many have pointed out during the war, we were at fault. We, we, were friendly with Saddam Hussein for many years. You know, we mm -hmm. backed them in the Iran-Iraq war in many ways. Um, we, you know... <clears throat> well, in all ways, because yeah. Iran was a bigger enemy. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't mean... <clears throat> but, I mean, you know, we weren't on the ground with troops and stuff, but we were assisting right. them in many oh, yeah. ways. Um, you know, so, like, it's one of those things where you just keep going back and back and back and back and, you know, back and back in history. You can always make the argument that we're, we're trying to fix something that we screwed up which is kind of a lesson that maybe we should start trying to do these things in the first place. Which is why it's too bad that we ever went against what our founders wanted us to do, and that's to stay out of affairs. If somebody attacks you, that's a different deal. Yeah. Okay? And, you know, if you're... Uh, and we were attacked in World War II. So, um, you know, otherwise, stay out of it. Stay out of it. Leave but, them alone. Yeah. I mean, I, I Don't get be trying to overthrow governments in you Central make America. The we were kind of attacked from the Middle East, though. Oh, I mean, we were. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, clearly. I mean, Afghanistan yeah. is a very little. But, a, like, again, like, this is why these things are so hard. Right. And, and I, I, it's rarely do I feel this way about issues. But it's like, should we have, uh, what if Jap Japan didn't bomb us in World War II? Now, they, drug, they dragged us into that war. We absolutely had to be in it. But if they didn't mm -hmm. do it, let's just say we Where didn't we get involved. Be? What the hell would the world look like? Yeah. I mean, there would be nothing stopping the Nazis. They would be. Uh, they would have taken over the entire country. Probably would still be in existence. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, there's so many. You know, I mean, I think America as a whole has done a hell of a lot of good for the world in in, in our mm -hmm. in overall. Um, but I think we have to be a lot more selective. I yes. think that's kind of the lesson. It's like you can't turn it off completely, and you can't do John McCain. I want to go in everywhere with a hundred thousand troops. You need to have some sort of you know, real hesitance to, to, to get involved in these things. And only when you really feel you absolutely have to um, do you jump in. Now, is ISIS at that level? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know that they are, but it's certainly at that level for the people there. Uh, you know, so it's difficult. Do you let people just get slaughtered? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, and, uh, and now you got this new Palestinian video out that is encouraging uh, a new intifada and to knife Jews. Let's take a look at that. Mm. Oh, sure. Sure, the Jew comes through and trips up the uh, Palestinian ship. Yeah, you know that happens all the time. 
and so he knifes him. Oh, good golly. There it is. What does it say at the end there, Jeffy? <laughs> Kill all Jews. Is that what it said? Okay. It probably does. <laughs> that would not surprise me. I really. I mean, they're teaching that stuff to their children. What? So what chance do these kids have? It's uh, that's. Well, the chance is you don't knock over soccer players. Uh, that's the lesson there. <laughs> don't knock Thank over you. child soccer players, and everything will be fine. Especially if you're a Jew. If you're well, yeah, you know, that's true. Mind your own business. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's like we talk about how they talk about how bad we are and how wonderful Palestinians are. I mean, look at what they're teaching. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's why you look at the polls and the Palestinian territories are frightening. Yeah. You're talking 70, 80 percent of people who want to kill Americans. Sure. Those were the people who were dancing in the streets and handing out candy on 9-11. They loved the attack. They loved it. Triple eight seven two seven back. More Pat and Stu coming up. Mm. It's not a tough decision to decide with in that conflict. And not a tough decision at all. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck, it's Pat and Stu. Uh, from Business Insider, here's 11 times that the world was supposed to end, but didn't. Clearly, since we're uh, still here. Well, yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. If we explode in the middle of this segment, though, then, then you'll know was right. That, uh, yeah, that the latest one <laughs> was right. Uh, AD 1000, Christian authorities believe the new millennium would be the second coming of Jesus. That's probably a, a reasonable belief for that time. Uh, in anticipation of his, of his return, many people disposed of their belongings, left their jobs, and abandoned their homes. Wow. When the date came and went with no apocalypse, uh, folks who thought the end was near realized they had miscalculated Jesus' age and decided then that the world would actually end in A.D. 1033. <laughs> I love this. This is a very standard tactic, and I'm sure we'll see this repeated many times through this list, but... It's one of those things where it's always a miscalculation. Right. Now, it's They're not never that wrong. we didn't understand God. It's not that we didn't have a perfect misunderstanding of God. We just, we, we just didn't have a perfect understanding of addition. <laughs> that was the issue. We couldn't do the math to figure out the age. Uh, February 1st, 1524, in London, astrologers freaked everybody out when they interpreted an alignment of planets in the constellation uh, to mean the world would be wiped out in a massive flood. Tens of thousands sought refuge on higher ground, and some people built arcs. Uh, the Great Flood never came. Yeah, as promised, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, by the Lord. The, that was, this is also known <clears throat> as the Jeffy's about to jump off a diving board uh, warning. Oh, geez. That, I mean, that would, that would send that, us that all would, into a... That would flood a, the area. Oh, right? my. Yeah, because you're um, uh, overweight. That's, <laughs> that's why. Uh, also, May 19th, 1780, uh, a heavy gloom fell over New England, prompting a religious group known as the Shakers to believe Judgment Day had come. Uh, though the unusual blackened sky, later called the Dark Day, was most likely caused by a mix of smoke from forest fires and heavy fog, it sent the religious sect on a mission to spread their message of celibacy as the path to redemption. Hmm. Uh, March 21st, 1843 and 1844, William Miller tricked thousands of followers, or Millerites, when he declared that the world would end between those two dates. Uh, when the year rolled over and nothing happened, the date was moved to October 22nd. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, after Jesus failed to arrive the second time, um, yeah, most of the Millerites finally wised up and left the religion. <laughs> Again, another thing that I think is repeated. It's like they'll give you that you just missed that first one. Yeah, they will. Yeah, like, they will. oh, what? It was supposed to be today? No, it's actually six months from now. All right, well, we'll hang around for these six months. But after that, after that. we're going to be pretty skeptical. Yeah. And that's usually what happens is they'll give you, they'll actually stick around to that second one. Yeah, and they then, will. then they'll bail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, May 19th, 1910, during the early 20th century, astronomers learned that uh, comet tails contained poisonous gas called uh, cyanogen. The discovery sparked widespread panic in 1910 when people learned that Earth would pass through the long tail of Halley's Comet. Mm-hmm. Of course, nothing happened there. Uh, the tail's noxious gas would never be able to get through Earth's atmosphere. Not enough gas to cause harm in the Oopsies. first place. Oopsie. So. Oopsie doopsie. Yeah. Uh, 1914, uh, the founder of the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, predicted that Christ would return in 1914. The prophecy uh, failed. Oh, is that when that came? Uh, he did not. He did oh, not he didn't. Oh, okay. uh, that day, particularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, any day in 1914. Uh, since that prophecy failed, uh, they have uh, predicted at least seven other dates when Armageddon would occur. As we uh, think of at this point, uh, all of them wrong. Then, of course, there was 1936, 1943, 1972, and 1975. The founder of the Worldwide Church of God, Herbert W. Armstrong, told members of his church that the rapture would take place in 1936 and that only they would be saved. And then the prophecy failed, so he changed the date. <laughs> Three more times. Wow, that's a lot. Three more. T- I mean, okay, you start in 36, and you go all the way to 1975. Yeah, I feel like in ni- the 1975. I'm not hanging with you all that time. Yeah, no, the 1975 I'm sorry. prediction no. is less well attended. <laughs> you yeah, know? So I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> yeah. where well, I'm done with it. Um, Y2K, this one's the one you may very well remember. I certainly do. Fear of uh, computers that would not understand the year 00, reading it as 1900 instead of 2000. You know, there was the predictions that they were, uh, people, the planes were going to fall out of the sky mid-flight, mm-hmm. uh, that everything yeah. was going to be constant chaos. People yeah. were building bunkers in their houses, um, and then just nothing. Really that was happened. a big deal. I mean, oh, I yes, remember the build-up to that, and uh, as probably almost all of us do. Uh, it was, it, it, there was going to be so much apocalypse that you couldn't even, you couldn't even get your head around everything that was actually going to happen because of this computer glitch. Yeah. I mean, could we? Do, I remember radio stations planning on. Oh yeah. All the, we the thought we were going to be off the air. Yeah, oh, it was going to go dark, yeah. and we need to have extra extension cords. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it really was kind of a big deal, and uh, really, and there was a lot of uh, businesses that stepped up to say, "Hey, here's your Y2K preparation kit," and uh, right. you know, there was a lot of that going on. They sent out experts to businesses to try to yeah. uh, create some sort of fail-safe program for them, and. Nothing happened. Uh, uh, well, that's why, because we were prepared. Uh, is that why? Okay. A classic uh, documentary on this particular topic um, was a movie. Um, it was uh, called Office Space. And uh, in Office Space, it's funny, I was watching it recently. Uh, little known fact, the really boring job that Peter uh, had uh, before he uh, changed his life was uh, updating code for the Y2K oh, there switch. there you go, yeah. <laughs> he says mm, that Y2K to Jennifer switch. Aniston in the, uh, uh, in the, in the sh- uh, shot- tchotchkes. Uh, restaurant where he's trying to pick her up, uh, and uh, he and he's trying to describe his job, and he gets halfway through it and is so boring that he actually stops talking about it. But that's what he's talking about. <laughs> he's like, oh, I operate code, uh, update code for the Y two K switch. But I mean, that's how big of a deal it was. It was like mm-hmm. a common reference everywhere, and then nothing. I remember watching the Y two K New Year's Eve 
switch over. Mm -hmm. um, to go black. And just, you would, I remember thinking, like, you, is, are all the lights about to go out? Is everything going to start exploding? Mm -hmm. Does uh, it go black at the Australian New Year's Eve party? Or does it go yeah. black at the United Kingdom New Year's yeah, Eve party? Yeah, it's so stupid. Well, it should have started there and then spread worldwide. Right, you're going to know it was going to come, right? right? Yeah. And so, nothing. Hmm. I mean, nothing. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, these are pretty recent because we always all remember Harold Camping. Uh, president of the Family Radio Network, created a lot of hoopla. In uh, May, two, May 21st, 2011 was his big deal. That was going to be the rapture. After May 21st came and went, with no sign of hellfire brimstone, camping pushed the end date back. Uh, oh, uh, that's right. Wait, yeah. wait, I miscalculated. It's yep. October 21st. Yep, same excuse. Yeah. Is he, uh, is sorry. He, he is dead, by the way. Yeah, I think he is, yeah. Um, yeah, did die. So he pushed it back to October 21st, and then it didn't happen. And then he decided to stop making predictions after that and uh, resigned from his post shortly after the second doomsday, and then he died in uh, 2000. Is it possible he was just predicting his own death and actually came pretty close? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mm. uh, doubt it. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, uh, December 7th, 2012, mm. one that no one believed, and even the Mayan experts said was not actually... Uh, the end of the calendar. It was just it was the end of the calendar, not the end of uh, the the world. But the Mayan calendar ended right. on December seventh, two thousand twelve, and it uh, <laughs> produced a really crappy disaster movie with uh, John Cusack. That's pretty much what we remember oh. about the Mayan. Mayan. Yeah. Did you watch two thousand twelve? I love that movie. I figure you would, because you're an idiot. Um, but uh, no, it's one of those movies where, like, movie. you know, the entire Earth is falling out from behind him as he's driving at like 70 miles an hour. But it's, it's right at 70 Good miles an stuff. hour, one foot behind him for like a month. <laughs> it's, uh, so, yeah, it was not. Yeah, good. They got, oh man, the the giant ships. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'd, it ought to be a spoiler for 2012. Yeah, now the, the, uh, the apocalypse. That was good stuff. That was really good. Yeah, I, it's a funny... Uh, yeah, it is. I, I enjoyed watching it because you're right. Obviously, they horrible. all escape uh, disaster in inches yes. the entire ride. Yeah. But they crash in the... You know, and the, then don't the they wind up? Crash. Do they wind up on a hill or something? Yeah, do was, they, that's what you needed. Was they're hill. on a mountain, and then there's like water all around them, yeah. and finally that, recedes, and then they're fine. That's how you avoid uh, apocalypse. By the way, uh, get on a hill. Get on a hill. That's uh, well, it's really not an apocalypse if you can avoid it by getting on a hill. They finally yeah. get it. Closed the ship completely tight because at the end they they were on the rescue ships, and the ship that they were on was going to go under anyway because it wasn't closed. It wasn't sealed properly. Uh, thankfully, mm -hmm. uh, uh, what happened? Got it closed just in oh, okay, just in time. <laughs> just, just in, in the time. next time. That's surprising. Wow. Because a lot of times you they thought, don't. You they thought don't. for sure? No, you weren't. Not this time. That was almost as bad as isn't it? Is it the day after tomorrow? Great show. Oh my gosh! What a horrible show! What horrible movie! Horrible! Oh my gosh! Global warming and the flash freezing thing. I love that. <laughs> one of the most uh, so fun radio great. events we ever did, though, was with that movie. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but we did. Uh, um, it was uh, like a bingo. We had some bingo game, I think, built for it, in which, like, when certain things would happen, whenever they said they, whenever they were about to die, something had to happen. It was like a Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah. type of thing, mm -hmm. and we had the whole audience go there, and like, we gave out little cards for everything, what to do, and we we actually screened the movie while it was still in theaters. 
It was really fun. I mean, that was fun. one of the most fun things. We, I think I, I, I can remember the entire history of the show. That was so freaking fun because everyone was just mocking this dumb global war movie together. Everyone in the theater was it was all our audience. We rented out the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it was just like everyone screaming, laughing at all their horrible, serious global warming lines. It was so great. <laughs> oh, that was so fun. My favorite part is when it was, uh, they, they are already thinking that it was going to happen. And the one scientist uh, in Scotland, it's already here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then because it was really cold. Yeah. It was well, yeah, really, flash really freeze. cold. You can't, yeah, you can't be out of that. I mean, giant, it flash freezes at what 140 below the, or something. You had the giant uh, freezing hurricanes. Yeah, the feels like temperature was 148 below though. Yeah, it was. Only, but the real temperature was 140. <laughs> but with the wind, yeah, it was really weird. the real feel was oh, 148 man. below. Well, fortunately, very chilly. Fortunately, if you were in the eye, <laughs> you could get out of it just in time. You oh, can, yeah, the eye crash, was great. You yeah. can crash yeah. through the top of a Wendy's right. and keep fire going to And survive. the only place where it was, I guess, insulated enough was the New York Library. Yeah, the Manhattan Library. Uh, Manhattan I, Library, I, man. We worked so close to that. Impervious to flash freezing. that without thinking about it. Oh, every time. Every time. Uh, more Pat and Stu coming up. Every time. It's fantastic. Ridiculous. That's another one <laughs> where the cold is chasing him, and he's right? just ahead of it until he gets to the library. It's Pat and Stu. All right. Uh, this is a segment we've been planning for a long, long time. Stu and I, we've been talking about this since late 70s, uh, early the, 80s. I, well, I mean, publicly, uh, late public. 70s, yeah, but really right. before that. In uh, private, in I mean, private. since the 40s. Probably. A lot of planning, yes, since yeah. the 40s, probably. Uh, so let's go to Jeffy now for his insightful commentary on uh, all of today's. Um. Oh, Jeffy just left the show in the middle of it. Dang it! He missed the... We've been planning wow. this for 50 all of the, some years. All the negative 60. attacks we've had on Jeffy has been a preparation for this one positive moment wow. where we're going to just heap praise wow. on him. And ah, he had to leave. Oh, Darn man. it. We were going to tell him what, what an insightful person he is. How special he is, oh. how important he is to mm-hmm. the show, and now... And we, you know we, what we weren't we going to... Is he over? No, no he's no, not he's there. He's still not there. Dang it. The one thing we were not going to bring up is the fact that he's um, overweight. No, and we weren't going to say anything about that. No. And here's his one opportunity. Uh, and look, he's, he's just he's gone. We just so, want to thank him for his dedication because this is a two, full two-hour show. And he's not going right. to obviously make it through the both hours. Well, you can't. very hard. You can't. That's too much ask mm-hmm. of any human being, mm-hmm. except us, obviously, because we're doing it. But, mm-hmm. That's what we but do. other human beings, no. lesser human beings, you can't expect it of them. No. Triple eight seven two seven Beck from BuzzFeed. We got this uh, guy from Montreal who created campaign signs just for the heck of it. Um, do we have some photos of him, hopefully, to <laughs> see? Because it, it's not quite as effective. Uh, Tyler Lemko, not running for anything. I just wanted a sign. I like that he like, didn't even like, put a suit on or anything. No. He's got a, a T-shirt and a little hoodie and a, and a chain. Just, <laughs> it's a good look. He has an actual logo. <laughs> uh, Tyler Lemko. And there he is again. Again, not running for anything. He just wanted a sign, and now he has one. And he took a selfie with it. 
And then he took another selfie with it. And then there he is standing there again. Kind of a funny, funny idea. Um, yeah, it's kind of fun. There was a. That's a good idea. I think I, I, maybe we should do that for our, you know, to adver- yeah. with, the, with our advertising budget for the show. We just go out there and we make some signs that kind of look like campaign photos with me and you on them. <clears throat> It'd be kind of fun like, to see if you get any votes. Right. Uh, um, see if this guy does. He spent 100 bucks on the campaign. Right. The only issue is, of course, we don't have a $100 budget. I mean, it's, that is an issue. Th- th- we don't have that. Right. Uh, we will never have that. I don't know what show he does, but uh, they've apparently got a better budget than we do. <laughs> uh, and then um, you know, the other one, uh, we, this is a story we kind of teased yesterday, which I'm, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting one. Celebration Florida. Mm-hmm. Now, Celebration Florida, if you've never been there, is outside of, it's right near Disney World. You've never been there, really? I don't think so. Oh, my God. I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised just from the perspective of Glenn Beck. Every time we go anywhere near Orlando, tells us a story about Celebration Florida. Oh. And has driven us through Celebration Florida multiple times mm-hmm. uh, when we went to Orlando. Um, it, it started in 1996. It was essentially like sort of the idea um, uh, that Disney had because, you know, Glenn's a big Disney nut. Yeah, huge. And one of the things that Disney had with Epcot was that he wanted to make it the city of the future, but it wound up just being kind of an amusement park. And so there was this thought that it, building a nice suburban sa- ta- town and implementing some of the features he wanted in the eventual Epcot, um, was things like having a, a nice town square and having um, you know uh, things that uh, uh, make you have more of a sense of community and, and everything and making sure everything looks a certain way. Uh, could kind of replicate some of that, and they actually you could actually move into it. It's an actual kind of a town. Uh, Seven hundred people moved in in 1996, um, and it was uh, three hundred seventy-seven thousand dollars was the price of these houses, which you know, I, and you know, 1996 is pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, people, some people thought it was creepy. They thought it was Stepford wife-like, which you know you could get that sense. Of course, the New York Times uh, would phrase it that way. Right? I, was it Stepford wife-like, or was it just nice? Um, you know. It was, in a way, you would say it's too perfect. Um, but who the hell cares about that? I've, I've heard people say this How before. is it too perfect? I live in a town now that, that people say this about. <clears throat> um, and they say, oh, it's just you're in this, you know, like a bubble. Yeah, you're, you're I, protected I, I like from that. everything. You're in this bubble out there. Yes! Of course I'm in a... That's why I went there. Right. So I could, be not, I could have nice things mm-hmm. and not have to deal with nonsense. You That's mean you why didn't you want do it. Drive-by shootings? No, I didn't want drive-by shootings. Wait, what about stabbings? Did you want those? I mean, some stabbings would be okay, okay. but I, I'd, I'd rather get them, them down. You're not getting not enough. enough stabbings. You're not. Um, I mean, you'll get an occasional gang slaying. Yeah, no. But that's been years it's since been that years. happened. It's very yeah. So it's like it's one of those <laughs> things where you just have a a situation where. People, people said that about um, certain areas of Dallas that we had, you know, a lot of people in New York who were in this company and c- considering moving down to Dallas and they mm-hmm. lived in New York and they'd be go, they go to Dallas and, you know, there are, there are urban areas of Dallas that are really nice. They're, you know, they're brand yeah. new, oh, yeah. lots of new stores, new apartments, really cool shops, all this stuff. And it's all brand new. And they're like, ah, it's just too perfect. You know, I like, I mean, I like New York because it's dirty. It's got that grit, grind to it a little bit. Yeah, a little like grime that. going on. No, 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 no. Now, look, there's some things in New York you can't get anywhere else, but and, there, and there's charm to that. But mm-hmm. the fact that it's old and dirty is not the charm. That's <laughs> really not, no. no. So as Celebration grew, apparently, so did the discord among the residents. Uh, one thing that Disney and his successors wanted to hold on to in Celebration was control, and that's ultimately what sank the community. Homeowners became frustrated by the company's control over the town, its government, its businesses. 
Uh, hundreds of homes remained unsold. Many others were uh, sold by fed-up residents for far less than they paid. And uh, reality continues to shake up the perfect community. So people still do live there, though, huh? In oh, celebration? Yeah. yeah, I mean, they haven't. It's just a, it's a town. I guess Disney got out of it a little bit, mid-2000s. They kind of t- cut mm. their role back quite a bit. Um, they wanted to, you know, obviously make some money off of it, which I guess they did. Um, it's not an official Disney town, but it's still 10 minutes away from Disney. And people refer to that, by the way, as the bubble. Um, and, you know, look, uh, that's what you want, right? Like, I think so. This idea that you want turmoil in your town. That's crazy. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, so Stupid. what? Your stuff's nice. So what? Good. I mean, isn't that what everybody wa- You want a nice place to live? Yeah. I, I don't like to live in grime. No. I mean, I, I didn't really enjoy uh, Manhattan all that much. For, especially it's, for those reasons. I mean, there's some great, look, they're great food. I mean, there's so there's some neat there. things about there's great New things. York. I mean, but yeah, but it's, you know, that a lot part of not of it, neat things. The idea that, like, oh, you know what's great is all the staircases are really narrow. And, you know, when you're walking down, you go to a store, you bump into stuff because they're not spacious enough for actual human beings. Yeah. Um, you know yeah and then there's a rat is... that runs by your feet. And right. It, and it's like, no, well, that's no. not charming to me. That's no, not charming. Just I'd, r- not. I'd rather have it be nice. Uh, uh, more patents do coming up. So not enough rats in celebration? Is that what the deal was? Uh, let's ask Jeffy, I guess. Uh, Jeffy, what do go you think Jeffy about now the... Go to Jeffy now. He's not, he didn't, he didn't show up in this break. One day we were planning for his... Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's uh, Pat and Stu. Uh, coming up on the weekend again, and uh, I am excited to see Mar- The Martian. Have you seen that yet? I have not. Glenn what says it's one of the best movies he's ever seen, which is pretty high praise. Of course, well, he uses it on every movie. Which... Yeah, well, not every movie, just once a week. <laughs> just once every weekend he sees a movie, and that movie is the best, it is movie the best of, all of all time. And and uh, there's there's been quite a few, finally, that are coming out that I'm pretty interested in. Um I can't think of any of them, but The Martian right now. I, I'm actually Black interested really in Black Mass, yeah. but I can't see that. Yeah, that looks hard. really good. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I, I want to see that. There's this, yeah, you're right. There are several. The, the, have you heard of the um, the Forest? Have you heard of this? I have not. This is uh, it's a thriller um, about a, a young woman in search of her twin sister. Let's watch. Okay. My sister Jess and I we're identical twins. When something happens to one of us. The other one can tell. It's hard to explain, but I can just feel it. She's in trouble and she needs me. Your sister went into Aokigahara Forest. It's where lost people go to commit suicide. What? I'm coming, Jess. I'm looking for my sister. She went into forest. I want to hire a guide. No guide. Forest is very dangerous. Spirits cannot rest there. They come back. Angry. I 
I can't let you go in by yourself. I have clearance to go in with the guard. I could ask if you could come. The forest is very dangerous. Do not leave the path. Oh my god, that's our tent. Yes! Yes! You cannot stay after dark. I'm not leaving without my sister. Yes! Whatever you do. night, people see bad things. Stay on the path. You're getting paranoid. You're not real! same scare about 26 times in that trailer. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks a little chilling, though. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of an interesting... Is it a... Tr- I mean, do, do people go to that forest to die? I've never heard of that. Do people... Really? Need- they do. It's a suicide forest in Japan. And I guess thousands of people do go there to die. All of them named Sarah. Weird. That's really kind of weird. Which is kind of interesting in Japan. Have you ever heard of that? I've never heard of that. No. Uh, I don't, you know, my Japanese folklore um, knowledge. You're not that is, strong. I would, say, I, would, I would consider it limited. You really need to bone up. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh well, my gosh! Yes. I will do that. Come on. It's embarrassing for you. I'm embarrassed for you right now. Um, Washington Times says a tough new equal pay law threatens to accelerate California's business exodus. You know what doesn't? Everything California does is uh, harmful to business. It's harmful to business. It's harmful to the state. It's harmful to their economy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is no different. States existing equal pay law, um, they're trying to strengthen the existing one by forbidding employers from paying uh, employees less than their opposite sex counterparts for substantially similar work, not just equal work. A far more subjective and thus litigation-friendly standard. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So I think if my work's kind of like uh, her work, so therefore uh, we should be paying, get paid the same. Um, and I love Jeez. this admission here um, by, uh, by uh, the governor. 66 years after the passage of the California Equal Pay Act, many women still earn less money than men for doing the same or similar work. Does that show you that maybe this is a dumb idea? Maybe this isn't something well, that should. actually works? It should. It's, it's a lot like... You know, people keep using the Ronald Reagan situation in 1986. Well, Reagan, Reagan was a Republican, right? Yes. You liked him, right? Yes. Well, then why don't you want to do the amnesty like he did back in 1986? I don't know, because it made the situation far worse. Hmm. It didn't work. Why well, would I want to do that he, again? He's not a god to us. Sometimes right. some things he did were actually right. mistaken. He actually did make mistakes. He was not a perfect human being. Yeah. Uh, so, in fact, there were numerous mistakes along the way. One of those things numerous. that we would, I would criticize. I would criticize his uh, his belief on some gun restrictions, uh, especially yes, after he left office. especially later. Yeah. Um, uh, would you criticize the Iran-Contra uh, yeah, situation not, 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 a little bit, perhaps? Didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Didn't work uh, out well. Didn't work out well. Huh. Did so, a lot of good things, though. Yeah, uh, best president in my yes, lifetime. Yes. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean he was perfect, and that doesn't mean that every... Uh, he, uh, you know, talked about um, all sorts of things that I disagreed with. If you go back and listen to his earlier stuff... He's, you know, like this is what happens with politics. You go into politics and you wind up bending on things to appease mm-hmm. people and to 
you know, uh, Reagan was not immune to that. But you go back to well, his Tip earlier show. Tip O'Neill. He and Tip O'Neill. Yeah, we, we get uh, that's Think about he and Tip O'Neill. Why can't we do that again? Yeah, the issue is not what Reagan did. It's, it's like it's the idea that we praise that like it was just some good idea. Like, like, like the good things came out of that. What came out of that? That that relationship. Yeah, they got around and they drank. They, they had some drinks and they agreed on things and they both at some level broke their principles to do that. Uh, that's not positive. Um, you know, Reagan was not a perfect guy. I mean, back in the day, you, you listen to his rants on health care in the 60s, and they're just amazing um, that this guy was saying yeah. this stuff. Um, you know, but he, as a president, he was a good president. He I think so, too. He was a good president. Yes. He, was not, he was not the yes. perfect guy. But what about Tip O'Neill? He and Tip O'Neill got together a lot. He just, and yeah, uh, I mean, they, they, he, lo- they had lunch together and stuff on a regular basis. They had they could talk. You just you just saying what Chris Matthews says. That's a, that's, this is the Chris no, Matthews I'm, show. I'm, no, I'm trying to say he and Tip O'Neill got along. Yeah, I don't care. Why about can't that. we do that? I don't today. care if they. Get why along. can't we do it? Uh, why? Why would they do it? Because. Stop asking why could they. Reagan, ask why did you like they? Reagan? Yeah, you just admitted you did. I did. Yes. He got along with Tip O'Neill. Okay. <laughs> well, if Tip O'Neill comes back, then the Nukes' next president should definitely get along with him. Until then, uh, no. <laughs> That would be a great answer to that yeah. question. Yeah. When Tip O'Neill <laughs> climbs himself out of the uh, out of the ground and comes to make a big deal, if Ted Cruz is president yeah. and Tip O'Neill comes back from the, the grave, yes, then they I should want definitely have lunch. I mean, they should maybe even dinner that same day. There's a lot to discuss as to what the hell happened. But until then, screw off with your Tip O'Neill references. So you're saying lunch and dinner? Yeah, I think so. Wow. The guy just crawled out of the ground. We thought he was dead. But breakfast the next morning. Would that yeah, be? that's too no, much. That's too much. No, All right. No. Get your ass back in the grave. <laughs> <laughs> the man's dead. Okay? Stop talking about him all the time. So, by the way, so is Ron. Uh, so yeah, they if, any, either, if, they get to, if they both climb out of the ground, then, yeah, they should get together for lunch again. But outside of that, go away. Uh, yeah, but what about Tip O'Neill? Yeah. yeah you got a lock. Where's Jackie, by the way? I need to sleep.